Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. 2020 POTUS election. <laughs> All the debates you know, got me excited. I'm really excited about the candidates that are running for president, specifically Marianne Williamson and Andrew Yang. And I will tell you why. Let's talk about food first, right? Obviously, I've been dying to hear um, presidential candidates speak truth to this. And, and no one is but her. Marianne. What's her, what's her name? Marianne Williamson. She's written a few books uh, through that was published by Hay House. So she was well known before this, but she's and this is not her first time running um, for the POTUS position. But um, she states on her website over the past century, the advent of modern farming techniques, the corporation, the corporatization of agriculture the use of petrochemical-based fertilizers, and the subsidizing and encouragement of the growth of genetically modified foods have collectively created a poisonous brew that is now affecting our health and well-being in critical ways. She goes on to say the function of protecting America's food supply was given in 1930 to an agency called the FDA, most of us have grown up believing the FDA to be a watchdog on the lookout for threats to our health and well-being. It's not. I love that because it shows me she's paying attention. I'll put a link in the show notes to our episode on the FDA and why it's problematic. Yeah. Um, she also says on her website that sources of corruption in our food include excessive pesticides, herbicides, and fertilizers. GMOs, which are genetically modified organisms, air and water pollution, crowding of animals, chickens, cows, and pigs, and feeding them antibiotics and growth hormones, food processing, outdated food pyramid guidelines. And now we, we no longer have the pyramid, right? We have the plate, uh, thanks to Michelle Obama. But I, mm-hmm. I, I won't fault her on that word choice. <laughs> Because uh, the plate still has milk in it, which is highly inflammatory and full of hormones. So I agree, we need to change this. Right. Her website says a Williamson administration will support local small family farmers and ranchers far more than we currently do. They have been especially hard hit by the current administration's trade policies, as well as by the impacts of climate change. My presidency, she says, will support regenerative, sustainable agriculture, agricultural practices that not only have highly profitable yields, but can also help turn the tide on climate change. Until we have limited the influence of moneyed interests on the functioning of our government, we will always be fighting for the interests of the American people against encroachment by huge multinational corporate interests, such as big ag, chemical companies, and so forth. Furthermore, the mistreatment of animals is damaging to the American soul. As custodians of this planet, we are intended to care for the animals that share the land with us. The meat and dairy industry needs to better take into account the treatment of animals, 
We need to find a way to better respect animals and stop what in some cases is inhumane treatment, all the while supporting our farmers and ranchers financially and otherwise to help make it so. Each of us must examine carefully and soulfully how our dietary choices not only affect our bodies and our planet, but how they literally affect the animals themselves. So all of that alone has me resonating with her so much. Okay. But that's just one of her issues, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about other issues, but from the raw food, you know, health empowerment um, perspective, that one is a main one to finally have a politician talking about these things and highlighting these things. Like I was listening to Kamala Harris's book and, you know, she had a heartbreaking story about how her mother passed away on hospice care from cancer and the whole journey of her struggling to, from cancer and, you know, her perspective on the issues with health insurance and all these types of things. She was even talking about how there's a young woman she met or worked with who uh, was pregnant and was trying to find insurance and couldn't get insurance because she had a pre-existing condition. And that pre-existing condition was the fact that she was pregnant, you know? Um, so she's talking about the ridiculousness of the system, but she's basically talking the same that everybody else is talking about. I love when Marianne Williamson was on the um, debate stage actually calling out the big elephant that has always been in the room that nobody talks about. Like, y'all are complaining about insurance, but what about the source of all this sickness? We have people looking for insurance and money to pay for medical bills for chronic illness. We don't need to be running to the hospital for chronic illness. Acute illness is what doctors are for. Chronic illness, we shouldn't even be having to deal with right now. You understand? We should be able to help ourselves instead of a stress and drain on this system. What happened? You and I know that. That's what I'm saying. The system is not made up that way. Right. And she called it out. She called it out on the debate stage. She said it's a sick care system. Exactly. The, the only one. Right. And I, I love mean, this, that. Yeah, the system wasn't made that way because it's that's why you gotta pull people out and let, let people broaden their knowledge about their own body and what they should do to stay away from these drugs. Because I hear some horror stories that people don't understand that you go to the doctor. Sometimes we need to not complain so much to the doctor of what we are going through because whatever we get and we go to the doctor and complain, there is a medicine for that mm-hmm. at the doctor's mm-hmm. office. But if we try to, to, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I don't want people misunderstood me now. But sometimes you get a slight pain and you're going to the doctor, right? Everybody know that most pain medicine, at some point, if you continue taking it, it mess up your kidney. Right. And that's where a lot of people go into kidney failure. So sometimes I think we complain too much about our pain and not try to take care of it ourselves. That's the thing. In Kamala Harris's book, she talks about, you know, how some dialysis treatment centers are not up to par and all this stuff. It was actually on the ballot in, in L.A. on the last election cycle or the last time we had to vote on stuff. Um, on whether or not to pull funding or give funding to these dialysis centers. But she never touches on why do we have, yeah, 
why do we have all these high rates of kidney failure and the government's yeah. role in all of that? Because the government has played a huge role, first of all, subsidizing commodity crops that are making unhealthy foods artificially cheaper. And our, our organic foods are so expensive. It doesn't make any sense. And the government is the reason why. And so Marion Williamson is the only one talking about it. Now, Andrew Yang's main issue is implementing universal basic income. And he says he would implement a universal basic income, a.k.a. the freedom dividend, of $1,000 per month, which is $12,000 a year for every American adult over the age of 18. This is independent of one's work status or any other factor. This would enable all Americans to pay their bills, educate themselves, start businesses, be more creative, stay healthy, relocate for work, spend time with their children, take care of loved ones, and have a real stake in the future. And I feel like if people have the money they can make the choices they need to make themselves and make healthier choices. I believe in choice. And this is why I like his plan. Um, but, you know, you believe in choice, Sam, but I believe in change. And I think what happened, and I think the both of them is two good words to say, mm -hmm. because sometimes people have too much choices. And because of their choices, they make, they don't, they don't make the right choice. So what people need to do is to change their behavior in their eating. Yeah. Change it in age. And there are some groups that have some barriers to this. There are some yeah. groups that aren't even aware of this. And for most yeah. people, they're getting their advice from their doctors. And the doctors aren't talking about it. Like, we literally talked about this on, I think it was the last podcast or the podcast before, about how you went to your doctor and your doctor never mentioned anything about diet and lifestyle. No, and he never. Like to throw, throw pills on you and be like, here, take this for the rest of your life. And another thing I'll say to you, that when I go to him, he would say to me, what are you here for? And I said, oh, I just come to see you. Make sure you guys are okay. <laughs> you know, then he would say to me, it don't make sense. I ask you if you have been pain because I can't prescribe nothing for you because you're not taking anything. And he would say, true, true, not taking it. <laughs> but me and my doctor have a good relationship. You understand? Yeah. yeah. I go to the doctor and I'm telling people, I don't tell people not to go to your doctor. Go to your doctor while you're well to make sure you stay well because they're going to do little tests on you that you, you really cannot do on yourself. Right. And I believe, I believe in, in um, preventative cure. I really believe in that. And I think you should go to make sure that everything is okay with your blood because, see, I can't do my own blood test, so I go and do blood tests. Mm -hmm. And I make sure everything is okay. And it's such a nice, beautiful feeling when your tests come in and the doctor says, everything is perfect. I mean, it's a beautiful feeling. <laughs> so I think that people should check, check, and then make your change. Because sometimes whenever you find something is wrong, something is off, that's time for a change. You don't wait until it's completely off. Right. You know, we, we always say that to you, though. Like, you know, people need to change their behavior before something goes really, really wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. And take steps. Now, Andrew Yang talks about the universal basic income, but Marianne Williamson, she also wants to implement this, the same amount of money, because she was actually inspired by Andrew Yang's book. So Williamson 
is the whole full package. Now, we not only consume food, but we also consume air, right? Clean air is vital to health and well-being. Marianne Williamson says she will restart the clean power plan to protect our health and clean air while moving away from coal, which is costly, harmful to the air we breathe, and to the land and water where it's mined and burned. She says... When it comes to transportation, we need to accelerate the production of electric vehicles, invest in charging infrastructure, and continue efforts to maximize fuel efficiency until we can move away from internal combustion engines. We also need to deploy uh, federal transportation funds to fully fund public transportation, public transit, walkable and bikeable communities, and rebuild our national rail lines and our city's public mass transit systems. We talked about um, plastic pollution before on the show, and I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm disgusted by what I'm seeing. If you care about your health and the health of other beings on the planet, you should be doing your best to eliminate plastic from your home and also your community. And Andrew Yang has a platform on this. He said, as president, he will direct the EPA to research and promote the best means of reducing wasteful packaging practices with a focus on making manufacturers bear the cost of their packaging. This can be modeled after recent bills in Indiana and Washington State. And uh, he also wants to work with Congress to pass a bill implementing the best practices as defined by the group. And I totally agree because the burden needs to be placed on producers and no yeah. longer on our us consumers. If you're when I was looking to like at my own home and where plastic is still lingering and I see the trash bags, right? In in yeah. California, you would expect California to have a cost a composting program, especially Los Angeles. There is no composting program. New York City has a composting program and LA does not. And we need to make a nationwide composting program and have the facilities to actually compost, you know, these things, the bags and everything, first of all. And secondly, if we're going to put trash in, in the landfill, shouldn't the bag itself be compostable or something that can degrade yeah. as opposed to plastic? Exactly. Right? Exactly. But when you go to the but, store, you don't have even the option to buy that. No, but not even New York, who is doing their separation from garbage to whatever their their scraps and their recycled stuff mm -hmm. okay so the re every bag that they sell in the store to put anything in is plastic so i don't see the sense in it that's what i'm saying these people are talking out one side of their mouth talking about exactly. oh we have a plastic problem and then on the other side they're what are they doing really to help anybody you know exactly. get over it so it's exactly. like so I, I appreciate him calling on that. We need to put the burden on the producers and have them change their stuff. A lot of the snacks, like, for example, the sea snacks that I like, I contacted the, the company and said, you know what? I like your snacks a lot. I eat them all the time, but I can't buy them anymore unless you change the, the packaging. And I haven't bought any since I left that message. I did not get a response. I see they still sell it in plastic. And I understand it must no, be. No, because you alone can do it. It's, it's, those things take petition. You have to petition it online. Yeah. And another thing too, um, they're, they're, we are the consumers and we end up getting the bigger price tag. Because even the salads that I buy weekly, 
Mm -hmm. It come into this hard plastic container. Mm -hmm. I remember when we used, we used to go to the store to pick up the salad and put it into something to bring the salad home. In Jamaica? No, over here. Over here. They had it like that in some places. Certain places you go. Your oh, salad yeah. is there. You pick out what you want. I don't know if you've ever been to any supermarket or like that. They have them into different areas. And you, have, you can bring a container or you can get a container and a thing in the store to put it in. But we come up with all these plastic with all these things in there. Yeah. Everything is plastic. So I don't know, Sam. I, I will be dead and gone and my grandkids probably dead and gone before this country realize what's really killing people. I don't know. Right. I mean, we know we have to die, but something is killing people earlier than their lives. Right. And it's all this plastic because it's not just, oh, it's piling up and we living on trash. It's not just, oh, it's in the water and the fish are eating it. But these things leach chemicals and we're consuming it. It's in the water. It's in the um, in our food. You know, we're consuming the plastic. (laughs) So, you know, it's just. And, and our bodies aren't meant to consume plastic, obviously. We're having a lot of cancers show up because of that. So something really needs to happen. As for the healthcare debate that has always stayed superficial on fixing problems when they arise as opposed to go into the root of the issue, like I said, I was really excited to hear Marianne call out the politicians on the debate stage. She said... Um, I think this is on her website. She says the biggest problem with America's healthcare system is that it is not a healthcare system so much as a sickness care system. It reflects an outdated perspective on health and healing in which far too little attention is given to the actual cultivation of health and prevention of disease. Who is talking about prevention? She's the only person I hear talking about prevention. Yeah. She says the shift to a genuine healthcare system would involve attention to environmental, agricultural, chemical, and nutritional factors, which America's current corporate-dominated system of governance would presumably resist. Yet if America is to deal with our serious issues involving chronic disease and obesity, we must look deeply at the causes of disease and not simply their treatment. She said if she's elected president, she would require our healthcare system to reimburse medical professionals for a broader array of lifestyle and nutrition support focused on preventing disease and or addressing root causes. Longer visits with doctors and or their support staff to better equip patients with the skills necessary to make lifestyle changes. Provide patients with more robust ongoing support from nutritionists, health coaches, therapists, and mental health exercise specialists and other peripheral lifestyle treatment providers. She would integrate world-class technology and systems for better collaboration and cost savings among healthcare providers, fund programs in all our educational systems, pre-K through college, designed to teach nutrition and lifestyle skills to help cultivate long-term health. She would Mm -hmm. restrict the marketing of overly processed and sugary foods to our children. Again, all the things, you know. Yeah. She would stop subsidies for agricultural production of unhealthy foods like high fructose corn syrup and hydrogenated fats and incentivize and subsidize farmers, ranchers, and food companies for more healthy food production 
making it more affordable and available. She would shape food policies using cutting edge public health science instead of following the lead of lobbyists for industries whose sole focus is profit. Now, a pin in this, because you mentioned Michelle Obama, this is where Michelle bumped, uh, got like, uh, hit a wall, basically, because her original plan was she started with was changed by the sugar companies, um, the, the soda companies and, <laughs> you know, um, and all that. So this is why like her original plans, you know, there were certain things that they were trying to get done. They were not able to do. Right. Um, but she tried though. She tried to have the kids a better lunch, you know? Yeah, she definitely did try. She t- she started a whole uh, physical activity. Teach him how to garden. Yeah. Um, right. So we need to take that further. Marianne Williams says Williamson says she will take a national look at stress levels and develop ways to lower stress societally. That means adding vacation time, protecting a manageable work week, and taking a close look at how our electronic devices impact our lives. She says we need to develop healthy habits at a community level. Towns and cities can and should look collectively at how active their populations are and institute more ways to increase physical activity through walking paths, bike paths, and community events. The diet of entire cities should be reviewed, as well as ways the communities can contribute to one another's daily health. This is especially important in the middle of the country. Yeah, yeah. And in the South, because we know we have family members who moved to the South, and as soon as they moved there, they doubled in size. Oh, okay. And we know even from the stats in those states what the, what the rates are. Ten, right. it, it, it usually follows a trend of where if you're on the coast, you're in better health. If you're in the middle of the country, not so much. If you're in the South, you're obese. You know, mm-hmm. that's how the trends have usually gone. So I really like that point. She goes on to say the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau should investigate how hospitals overcharge patients and the Justice Department Antitrust Division should explore ways to remove as much of the profit motive out of medicine as we can. Yeah. We've all experienced I mean, I haven't personally, I don't oh, think. But I, I can tell you that is a fact. They right. They're overcharged, like over 80%. They are being overcharged. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. 100. Yeah. The, she says the Center of Disease Control should invest more research into preventing disease rather than treating symptoms and look broadly at vulnerabilities in the system, like avoiding pandemics, pandemics by encouraging healthy disease avoidance behaviors, she says we also need to find non-pharmacological ways to treat mental health issues and to take all mental health issues as seriously as physical issues and reduce the stigma of mental health illness so that more will seek and receive treatment. Exactly. I think she's an amazing candidate. Now, in terms of the Medicare thing, Andrew Yang, he says when, if he's elected president, He will work with Congress to create a Medicare for all system to provide health care to all Americans, shift the way doctors are compensated to promote holistic and empathic care, and create incentives for and invest in innovative treatment methods and methodologies. 
Outside of a shift to uh, Medicare for All system, we can look to the South Central Foundation for another important shift necessary in the way we treat patients, holistic approaches. At this treatment center for Native Alaskans, mental and physical problems are both investigated and unsurprisingly, the two are often linked. By referring patients to psychologists during routine physicals, doctors are able to treat, for example, both symptoms of obesity and underlying mental health issues that often is related to the issue. The referral also leads people with issues they may otherwise try to bury, like sexual abuse, addictions, or domestic violence issues, to bring them up with a doctor so that they can be addressed. By providing yeah. holistic health care to all our citizens, we'll drastically increase the average quality of life, extend life expectancy, and treat issues that often go untreated. We also will be able to bring costs under control and outcomes up as most other industrialized nations have. Mm -hmm. And I like his idea, but as far as health goes, Marianne is stronger in this area from my perspective. From an economic development perspective, I would probably vote for him, but I've been waiting for someone like Marianne for too long to pass up this opportunity on her. <laughs> so. Yeah, because, what, yeah, because um, with her, um, what she's focusing on, we can help a lot of people, you know, before that first time sickness, you know? Right. Yeah, because people are often learn to change, man. You know, you can Oh. And everyone is a everyone. I I don't like to use the word victim, but I don't know another word. But we're all, I guess, under the conditioning of social engineering, right? We're all victims. Yeah, because like if I'm in a neighborhood where I have like sixty health food stores, and you're in a neighborhood where you have no health food stores, you know, I mean, who's gonna have a healthier lifestyle and diet? Like the yeah. health food stores. Yeah they're already attracting a certain type of people, right? And, and so those types of people, so I'm shopping where I see certain things and I'm exposed to certain things and the people in the store are of a certain mindset. Compare that with someone in a, in a different area who is not, a, you understand? Yes. So yes. You're, you're, uh, you're, you are your environment, you know? It's, basically. It's yeah. Yeah, and so there's social engineering happening everywhere. That's what the urban planners are doing. And so to have someone in the top office finally looking at this, because in terms of the subsidies, like the only group that controls this is the federal government. Yeah. When people talk about how expensive healthy food is, that is the federal government. That is their fault. <laughs> that is their fault, right? Um, and some more things to mention because you were asking about, you know, some other things that she's talking about. She's not just talking about food. She has a very robust um, platform. She says we need to examine the prison population we have and undertake a concerted national discourse on how to free our people being that yeah. the vast majority of prisoners are locked up in state and local prisons, we need a populist movement in each individual state to release as many prisoners as possible and to prepare, and to prepare them for their freedom at the same time. She has a list of strategies for crime and violence prevention. So she's not just trying to uh, let these people out and just run wild, but um, also looking at, you know, 
assimilation strategies, which I know President yeah. Trump actually is working right now with Kim Kardashian on some things um, to help with this. Yes, I know. I saw where she, she, um, she was able to help with some people. Yeah, the, they had a press conference recently where they're doing like free rideshare programs for people who were formerly incarcerated so that they can get to and from uh, job interviews for free, which right. I think is great because there's a lot of barriers for people who have a record. Um, uh -huh. Regardless of what that record is, it's hard for them to get housing. It's hard for them to get a job. And so basically what you're doing, and Marianne even talks about this in her book, is that you're creating a very um, unsafe society for everybody because these people have served their time. You told them this is what it takes to basically <laughs> apologize to the country for what you've done. But then they come back and they have what resources do they have to assimilate? You know what I'm saying? They cannot get back on their feet. And so they're stuck between, do I stay homeless on the street or do I commit crime again so that I can feed myself and, you know, try and live with some kind of dignity? You know what I'm saying? Well, well, yeah, some of the people that are being locked up, though, they're they are being locked up and they haven't done anything wrong. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> try to get out first so they can take care of their family, you know? Exactly. In their records, because they haven't done anything wrong. People convicted of crime that they did not do. Right. Right. You exactly. Know? So that's where they need to free those people first, you know? You know what's funny? Um, Andrew Yang has a mental health agenda. He says... As president, he will begin a national anti-stigma campaign for mental health issues called Everybody Needs Help Sometimes, encourage major healthcare systems to integrate mental health professionals into their primary care, initiate mandatory coverage for postpartum depression screening for new mothers, increase resources and incentives for counselors, social workers, and psychologists in rural areas, Invest in artificial intelligence counselors and other technology that may be helpful in, a, in identifying and treating mental health issues across a broad population. The AI mm -hmm. would refer issues to, human, to a human psychologist. The, uh, promote the use of artificial intelligence for social workers. Promote the use of artificial intelligence and telecounseling for those who need a psychologist. Um, explore revision of licensing requirements that limit the supply of treatment providers, provide a robust incentives via a race to the top for healthcare systems to improve mental health outcomes and preventative care holistically. And this part I thought was pretty funny, um, given our current situation. He said he would hire a White House psychologist corps and require all employees of the executive branch to undergo regular evaluations to determine their fitness for service. The White House Psychologist Corps would report to the chief of staff. <laughs> yeah, his his goals are to um, make the economy work for Americans, not the other way around. Direct capital to uh, to investments to improve human welfare, not to enrich the wealthiest Americans. Create measurements around people, not dollars. He says, um, as president. Um, he will change the way we measure the economy from GDP and the stock market to a more inclusive set of measurements that ensures humans are thriving, not barely making it by. 
new measurements like median income and standard of living, health-adjusted life expectancy, mental health, childhood success rates, social and economic mobility, absence of substance abuse, and other measurements um, will give us a much clearer, more powerful sense of how we are doing both individually and as a society. The government's goal should be to drive individuals and organizations to find new ways to improve the standards of living of individuals and families on these dimensions. In order to spur development, the government should issue a new currency, the digital social credit, which can be converted into dollars and used to reward people and organizations who drive significant social value. This new currency would allow people to measure the amount of good that they have done through various programs and actions. Hmm. Yeah. The digital social credit has me a little nervous with him because it reminds me too much of China and, and the, the score. The, they have like a social credit score where you right. basically you get a credit score based off of your behavior. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't know. China is pretty dangerous to me. That's what you have to look into because you don't want you to bring other people's system here that works in their country and it, you, it can't work in the United States or it's not good for the people of the United States. You understand? Right. Which is why I go with Marianne Williamson. She also has an economic strategy um, to provide immediate cash relief through the universal basic income. She wants to create jobs through the Green New Deal, um, which is all in alignment with the UN sustainable goals and create jobs through a caring economy. And so, you know, we are winding down on this episode of the podcast. So we'll talk about this more on the next um, podcast. Right. But her her four-step economic strategy is really good. And it's a complete shift from where we are with Donald Trump. Because her yeah. whole thing is we need to lead this country with love and not fear, not hate, right. not division. Not hate. Yeah. Right. You know? Because the two cannot work at the same time. It's yeah. Love you work on the love. You can't work on love and hate at the same time because you're a bit spilling from both sides of your mouth. Right. <laughs> You'll be leaking. Um, so with her stuff, it's something to be continued because it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And the we thing is, his, his Donald Trump's whole um, presidency has induced a lot of fear, anger, uh, resentment, stress, just stress, you know. I think, I think it, cre- it does create a whole class of anxiety in people. Anxiety, because, yes. Yeah, because um, people don't know what the next move going to be. Right. It's like they're sitting on a time bomb that is about to go off. That's how I see. And it's not you healthy. Know, it's a, because people are fretting. We use that word in Jamaica. Sorry, yeah. People are fretting. Yeah. It's an English word, by the way, fretting. Yeah. And the world is getting pretty serious because like, very serious. you know, what's happening in China right now, they're rounding up all the Muslims and putting them in concentration camps and forcing them to eat pork, you know. Um, you know, you know, something else, that things like that bothers me. It bothers me. It the fact that, me. that China is actually doing a lot of work in Jamaica and their whole strategy is they'll give money and make it easy for them to do development. They won't be able to pay the money back. And they're like, that's fine. Just give us control of this, 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 that, and the other thing. Until they control the country. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, and they've exactly done this before. That's what's going to happen, Sam. You know, I might not lift the feet, but I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen if they don't put their foot down. And this is why we need to have, we need to really lead this, this country with common sense because the role of the president is really working and thinking internationally. You know, America's right. place in the world. Um, so a lot of the the work that's done by the POTUS position is international relations. And it's a scary world we're living in right now. So we need to lead with love. We can't be leading with division and all of this. All of this. No. And make other countries think we are so hateful. And you know what it is that I don't like? I don't like when one voice speaks for everyone. Because when people go up there and talk, they're not talking for me because that's not how I think. <laughs> yeah. And you get like when, when people go up and they preach hate, my heart is, is not there. So it's hard for me to even listen. Right. Which is why Marianne, she's, she speaks my language. More than 1 billion plastic toothpaste tubes are thrown out each year with harsh chemical residues like sodium lauryl sulfate, triclosan, artificial dyes and preservatives that are harmful to our health. More than 100 million animals suffer and die in the U.S. every year in cruel chemical, drug, food, and cosmetic tests. Not only that, but we see so many images on social media of what plastic is doing to our oceans and our sea life. Every year, more than 50 Empire State buildings worth of toothpaste tubes end up in landfills and oceans. We have one planet, and Bite is doing their best to make sure we can keep her happy. Join me and Bite in reducing plastic waste. Get the Bite toothpaste bit and make that your new toothpaste. This is toothpaste without plastic. They come in these little soft tablets you put in your mouth and brush with. They have mint and charcoal, which you know activated charcoal is great to clear stains off teeth. The tablets foam just like regular toothpaste, but the ingredients are very clean. The tablets are packaged in glass that you can reuse for your herbal syrups and salad dressings. And glass is completely recyclable if you don't need extra bottles around. Learn more about this innovative company and get yourself some plastic-free toothpaste. Link in the bio to get $5 off your order. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released.